The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcoming back to the program today, the fan favorite, Dr. Frank Holloman. What's up, Dr. Frank? Hey, Paul. Good to be here. How you doing? I'm good, man. It's been a minute since uh, we've kind of got to interface and hang out. I've been traveling. You've been busy. So how, how's Dr. Frank doing? Well, I've been busy, too, and uh, been uh, looking at some research that should be very interesting for your audience today about why people buy well, I definitely want to know why people buy. So it's going to be a uh, excellent conversation as always with Dr. Frank. But before we get into why people buy Dr. Frank, we need to take a quick moment and hear from today's show sponsors. Like the best lawns, running a business requires a lot of maintenance. At some point, you got to invest in new tools. It's time to check out Roll by ADP, the first chat-based payroll app built specifically for small business owners. Roll understands your business challenges, especially time-consuming tasks like payroll, filing taxes, and onboarding. With Roll, you can run payroll from a job site in a matter of minutes. Visit GetRoll.com slash GreenIndustry to claim three months free. Alrighty, friends. Today we are going to talk about why people buy, Dr. Frank. And you've researched this. So why do people buy? Well, other people have researched it extensively over many years. And we have the privilege of reading those uh, reports of that research. And the findings are really interesting because a lot of money is spent on advertising and marketing. And Big companies do that, obviously, on TV and on radio. That's where the big money is spent. Uh-huh. And they wouldn't be spending these millions if they didn't have a really clear sense of how to motivate people to buy their products and services. Uh-huh. So a lot of money went into the research so they get the biggest bang for their buck. And um, when when they were getting rid of... Um, uh, c- commercials for cigarette ads and l- liquor ads, those kinds of things. They used to be on TV when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Did uh, you ever smoke the, cigarettes, Dr. Frank? I think I tried it once as a teenager. Okay. And, you you weren't uh, huffing and puffing over there, Georgia Tech. No. And I, uh, I coughed when I first took a couple puffs and I just didn't think it was worth going any further. Okay. That's <laughs> smart, yeah, makes, smart decision. Yeah. So... They, um, they they took those commercials off the air. Uh, they like when I was a kid. Uh, they they don't have cigarette commercials. They've been banned, 
And and they argued, well, you know, these don't influence anybody. We're just trying to tell them about their product. If they don't want it, they don't have to buy it. But the truth is, the research shows that uh, these these ads, and and I, not everybody out there who has a lawn care business is going to do ads on TV or radio. I understand that, but the process is still the same. You're trying to motivate somebody to want your service mm-hmm. or TV. You want your product. And, and the same process goes on in the mind and the same process has to be engaged in the mind to motivate that person to, to want to buy. And so that research um, showed that those ads were very effective in wow. moving the generation to, to these products that were harming their health. They were very effective yeah. and uh, that's why they were ultimately banned. Hmm. So uh, we're going to talk about that. There's a, there's a real psychology there and there's differences in age groups, there's differences in uh, male and female and how uh, information is processed about your product or service and how and how they'll handle it to come to a buying decision. Um, there's a lot of factors. So we're, we're, we'll talk about that as well. But uh, let's talk about first the uh, difference between male and female. There, the brain, the human brain has really two hemispheres, uh, left side and a right side. And the uh, the left brain is more emotionally driven, and the right brain is is more uh, related to um, to the facts and the and the figures. So the brain has two hemispheres, uh, and they function differently. There's a left brain and a right brain. Because uh, if you ever seen a picture of a brain, Paul, it's mm-hmm. got like a big crease down the middle, and it's got like two halves to it. Uh-huh. it. Looks very similar to a pecan nut. If you ever opened up a pecan and you look at at it, it's, it looks like a brain. Oh, wow. I have not. And believe, believe it or not, uh, pecans are not native to the nation of China. And they import them like crazy because in their culture, they believe that because the pecan nut looks like a little brain, that if they eat it, they'll get smarter. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's a good, um, a good um, metaphor for, for what the brain looks like. And so the left brain is more logically centered. Uh, the left brain is where the cognitive processes are that um, evaluate facts and figures and language and words are deciphered. The right brain is just the opposite of that. It's more uh, lo- not logic driven, but emotional driven. Mm. And so um, it only responds and pays attention to um feelings mm-hmm. and, and emotions and that's where we say things like when i talked to that person i had a gut feel that I, I need to be cautious that gut feel is a feeling it's an emotion that got invoked and often um if you ask the person well what didn't you like about it you know i i thought he was fine when i was talking with with you with him and they say i i can't put my finger on it Wow. I just you know, I had wow. a bad feeling. There's no cognitive awareness, no yeah. logic. It's just a feeling that's coming out of the right brain. Yeah. That happened to me yesterday, Dr. Frank. I got ripped yeah. off yesterday yeah. and I, before it, I didn't trust this person at all. And I just did what they told me. And even though I knew that they were lying to me and then it turns out they lied to me, very, very dishonest human being. But I had that sense beforehand. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And see, you probably... Had that feeling right on, right at the get go. Yep. And then your logical mind, the left brain, was saying, 
well, you don't really know that he's lying and maybe he's telling the truth and maybe you're misunderstanding him. Yeah. You know, this logic started going on and talk you out of your gut feel. Would you say that was true? That, also, that, that's what happened. And the person was lying to me. They were just like, no, just just do this and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they just lied to me. Oh, it makes me so mad, Dr. Frank. I, I, I'm so mad. <laughs> Well, that that brain is going on in all of us because mm. all humans and the way that uh, we we process things is uh, f- the the only thing we'll pay attention to or the only people that will listen to your marketing message. And it doesn't have to be an ad in the newspaper or a spot on the radio or a TV commercial on the Super Bowl game on TV, any kind of interaction with a potential customer is, is a marketing message. So this applies to everything. If you're talking on the phone, you're meeting somebody passing out a business card at a social event, all of that, all of that's marketing. And the brain process is going to be the same to influence them. And that is first, they're not going to pay really much attention. Now, if it's a social setting, they'll be nice and smile and nod their head, but they may not be really paying attention. Mm -hmm. They'll pay attention. Anyone pays attention if you can get through the filter on the right side of the brain where they got a feeling, hmm. Hey, this will benefit me. This will serve my interests. Wow. Or I think, I think what they have to say will serve my interests. Um, so if it's it, it's what's in it for me. If they, if they think that there's some value that you have just by the way you look or the way you talk or the sound bite that came out of your mouth. If, if it, it appeals to their self-interest, they'll pay attention. Wow. If they can discern even incorrectly that, well, this really doesn't apply to me and it may, and they ju- you just didn't present it well enough. They'll, they'll tune you out. Hmm. So, so you got to get that feeling. You got to get that emotion started and the emotion that will resonate the quickest and the best when you're trying to persuade them or move them towards interest in a sale to your service is appealing to their self-interest. That'll get their attention. That'll give them a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they're looking for other emotional cues after that to say, do I get a good feeling about this or not? Mm. Now, uh, women and men are different in that way. They both have a left and right brain, but women tend to be uh, more emotionally driven. That's what, that's what uh, will motivate them more because mm-hmm. um, really the motivation for all of us come out of the emotion. And then, then and only then after the emotion is engaged to, to want to listen and pay attention and learn more, then it finally goes to for processing the input from, from your message that input goes into the left brain to go through the logical analysis. Hmm. But if you can't get that emotion first and appeal to what's of interest to them first, you'll never get there. And for women, it's more important to engage that emotion up front than it is men. You have to do it for both, mm-hmm. but for males, um, you don't have to engage them emotionally quite as much. However, as we age, the research shows that as men and women go into middle age and elderly, the, that difference in, in getting their attention and pushing their emotional hot button that that's they're interested in, that, uh, that gap becomes less and less. And so the older they are, 
male and female are, are more and more the same about engaging their interests in younger um, it's, there's a much bigger difference. You don't have to appeal to the emotion as much to the male as the female. And then you have, you have to go straight into the logic. So, so there's an age difference in a gender different difference, but that is the process. That is super, super fascinating. Dr. Frank, we're going to take a quick word for an obscene profit timeout, Dr. Frank. And uh, coming up, I want to hear more about this. this is very, very fascinating because we're all really in the business of sales, um, whether you're in a hardscaping business, landscaping business, lawn service business. At the end of the day, we're trying to persuade our customers to, to purchase our services. So this is very, very uh, practical. We'll have more with Dr. Frank coming right up. I do hope you're watching the Almond Shop Build on Caleb and Brittany's YouTube channel. Hi, it's Mr. Producer. Seeing the construction of the Hardscape Academy's headquarters come to life is definitely cool and satisfying. This fall, the Hardscape Academy in beautiful Fairfield County opens its doors, providing you and your team with hands-on training to improve skill sets and gain equipment mastery so you can supercharge your earnings potential. In the meantime, you can instantly access the Hardscape Academy's online training resources for paver installation, retaining walls, fire pits, step installation, or even schedule a one-on-one coaching call with the kid contractor himself. Visit thehardscapeacademy.com or use the link below to get the comprehensive guides and continuing education that will advance and empower your company today. That's thehardscapeacademy.com. Hi, this is Jason with Lake Tap Landscaping. I used Paul's price increase letter this off-season in February. Sent it out to all my clients for a minimum 10% increase and was able to get 100% acceptance rate from all my lawn maintenance clients. It's a great decision to uh, raise your prices on a yearly basis. You can pick up the price increase letter at greenindustrypodcast.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You're out there in the field mowing lawns, making money, working hard. But for every dollar you make, you're worried. Worried that you spend too much, worried that you won't make payroll, or worried you'll generate a big financial mistake. Simply put, you don't know your numbers. You're not alone. The Landscaping Bookkeeper has helped dozens of eager lawn care owners organize their numbers, learn the language of business, and build a solid financial foundation. Start your journey from simply earning money to creating a long-lasting source of income today by scheduling a free 15-minute phone call at thelandscapingbookkeeper.com. Alrighty, guys, this is a very fascinating conversation about why do people buy? How can we persuade people to buy from us? Uh, Dr. Frank, tell us more, man. This is very, very insightful for me here. Right. So let's get back to that part about the very first thing you got to do. You got to get their attention. You got to engage that, that right brain. You've got to have an emotional impact. That's mm -hmm. positive. And we talked about that being engaged with uh, some kind of a message that really resonates with what their goals are, what their interests are, self-interest. Mm -hmm. And a good way to do that is to know your customer, first of all, and different neighborhoods, different socioeconomic sectors that you're marketing your lawn care service or landscaping service, they have different values. Mm -hmm. You, you got to appeal to those values. But, and, and so what's important to each different strata level mm -hmm. in a socioeconomic system is different. Mm -hmm. 
And if you've been around a neighborhood a while and have some customers in that neighborhood and they're all pretty much the same socioeconomic status, you you know what they are and they're different than a different neighborhood that's in a different level. Mm-hmm. You get to know that. And, and you've talked a lot about that. It's always interesting, your stories about that, Paul. But uh, you got to know your customer. But uh, they want to know, uh, engaging this right mind, that you feel the way they feel. You got to put yourself in their shoes. It's called empathy. And you need to understand what their problems and issues are. Mm. And and maybe it's nothing to do with lawn care, but if lawn care was made easy and convenient, it would in it would meet their their primary need and and goal. Where lawn care is just a piece of it. It might be convenience. You know, they, they're just running around all the time. They're so busy. They're executives and they don't have time. And so uh, their need is really convenience. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for it in any area of their life, including their lawn care service and their landscaping. You know, could could be that mm-hmm. or or could be uh, prestige. Um Earlier in life, the the younger customers typically are more interested about what others think. <laughs> and the older they are, like the middle age and older, they're not really interested in what other people think. They've lived long enough, I think, and been disappointed enough where they, they don't do that anymore emotionally. They're more into the experience. That's you know? very, that's a whole nother the conversation for another day, another, another podcast. That's very interesting you say that, Frank, because right. you- mm-hmm you know, myself and a lot of folks younger than me are listening to that. And we're, we're in the center of this care what other people think culture is. It's, it's interesting. But back to your point. Yeah. So, you know, you got to know your customer because you got to put yourself in their shoes and feel what they feel. Mm. And, and one thing that doesn't work, the research showed something really interesting that if they do these focus groups or they do surveys Mm-hmm. Uh, in ways where they try to elicit input from customers mm-hmm. or potential customers in a research kind of say mm-hmm. setting, they always find out that mostly the feedback they get in a formal uh, data gathering research effort to find out what's going on in the mind of a customer mm-hmm. is they engage in responses to surveys and communicating with marketers who are doing research, they engage the left brain and give them all the logical reasons for stuff. And they never really get data input about the emotional side, which is the, the real key. Hmm. And, and what that means is they're not really consciously aware of the emotional triggers. Hmm. They don't really know why they buy. They just know they feel this and they feel that this feeling's good. I'm going to buy that feeling's bad. I'm not going to buy. Hmm. And they can't really articulate it because the right part of the brain doesn't really have the facility to process numbers and words. They can't even put it into words. They see images and feel feelings and emotions. And that's the extent of the processing. And that's got to be engaged first before the the input from the marketing message will ever go to the left brain for further processing about um, attributes and benefits of the product or the service. So um, what are those feelings? They nearly usually aren't even in touch with it. Mm-hmm. If, if you, you even ask them directly, they'll say, well, no, it's not prestige. I'm not trying to impress my neighbors. <laughs> and they are. Right. Uh, and I'm really just want my yard to look good because mm-hmm. uh, I like a nice yard and they're, they're they may believe that, but it's not really true. Mm-hmm. Uh, what evokes the emotion with some of them 
is prestige or style and order or beauty mm-hmm. or convenience. It's mm-hmm. different motivations or goals for, for different types of uh, potential customers. Mm-hmm. And, and when you, when you hit that hot button for them, because you know, your customer, you know, the market you're going after, and you should only be going after the market. That's your perfect ideal customer. Tailor all your messages to that ideal customer. And that's who you'll get. Mm, that's good. And, and Dr. The ones that really aren't the ones you want anyway. They're not going to resonate because you're not talking their language. You're not motivating th- their emotions. You're not pushing their, their hot buttons that will get them interested. Fine. You're not interested in the, in any way. It's like when you go fishing, you use the right kind of bait for the right kind of fish. Mm-hmm. It's like that with marketing. So, so once you engage that mind, the right brain with the, the right emotional triggers, then they'll pay attention and then they're interested in the logic side of it. But the decision-making is in the, in the emotion and not the logic. Yes, the logic part will be engaged. It's secondary. It comes after the emotional filter, uh, lets it pass through into their mind for further considerations. Mm-hmm. And then they want to know about the features and the benefits and how long you've been in business and whether you're reputable and what do some of your other customers have to say, you know, all the due diligence, logical kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that is only to justify what they already feel they want to do. So, so that's, that's what you got to be thinking about whenever you're engaging any customer or potential customer. You, you want to ad- address the feelings part of it that's important to them and then back it up. Now, another good way of engaging that emotion, I mean, if that's the gateway we got to focus on that. Mm-hmm. So, so another way to, to get in that gateway is to tell stories. Uh, that's, that's a great way because stories create th- images and emotions. And if it's action stories where this happened and then that happened and they did this and I did that, and this was the outcome and this was mm-hmm. the result. There's, they see that in their mind as a movie. Wow. That, or images, that's all the right brain can process. It can't process words or numbers, facts, and figures. It, it processes emotions and imagery. And if, if you're good at telling a story where, gosh, you know, the way you told that story, and we've all heard people tell great stories and say, it was like I was right there in that scenario you were describing, you know, that, that story you told me the other day with you and that other person, mm-hmm. the way you said that, I felt like I was sitting right there watching both of you going at it. Like you said, wow. that's an image. That's a, that's a vivid story that engages the emotion and opens up that first gate to let your message come in. So that that's really key. And I've heard you talk about that all the time, Paul. One of your hallmarks is your excellent customer service, which is you you stand there or sit down and you talk, you tell stories. I know you do. And and they they eat it up and then that makes them tell a story. And then all of a sudden there's this rapport and good feeling and they're open. Anything you want to sell. That's so good. So, um, what what kind of experience have you had with that, Paul, that comes to mind? First thing that comes to well, mind. Well, the, 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 on, the honest answer, the first thing that comes to mind, there was a golf shot. You asked what the first thing that comes to mind, so I'll just tell yeah, you the truth. It's, it's like, the well, well, you know. Um, well, anyway, there was a golf shot by Tiger Woods at Augusta National Golf Club 
which is, uh, you know, Dr. Frank and I are in Georgia. That's over other side of the state in Augusta. He was, he was on the 16th hole and I forget who he was playing. Maybe Chris DeMarco was on the green with him. I forget the guy, but he had this very difficult chip shot, Dr. Frank, very, very difficult chip shot. And the other guy was on the greens, number 16 at Augusta. There's a little pond in front of the, the, the green there. Another guy was on putting for birdie. So Tiger goes first and he chips it and he has to chip it at the top of the slope. And then the ball came, started going down to the hole, which was incredible because just to get it close would have been miraculous. And the next <laughs> thing you know, you see the you see the golf ball going towards the hole and it kept getting closer and closer. And the next thing you know, it's like hanging on the lip of the cup. And then the next thing you know... <laughs> It falls in and it falls in perfectly with the Nike swoosh. He, Tiger Woods used a Nike golf ball. The Nike swoosh perfectly visible as it falls into the cup. And then Tiger Woods is doing his fist pumps and the crowd going absolutely crazy. <laughs> and, he, and he went on to win the tournament. Uh-huh. Well, Nike turned that story of the most incredible, miraculous <laughs> shot that essentially won Tiger Woods is green jacket masters and they they turned around and they made it a commercial and then showed the nike golf ball going in and it's like every if you watch the commercial like you might tear up and cry it's so good like just just youtube it but what it does is it put in your mind nike champion you know like it, right. it, it was good feelings yeah and i was just the other day i, I need to buy some new flip-flops for the pool and uh, had, I had, I wore these ones that are so raggedy. Um, I've had them for years and they're just, they've seen a, a better, better time. So um, I was online and I was looking at different ones and there was something in me that I wanted like Nikes. Like I just, I, I, I saw other raggedy ones on, you know, Amazon selected uh, special, <laughs> you know, they, I forget what Amazon calls the one they suggest or whatever. But um, in my mind, I was like, oh, you know, that's 18 bucks, but the Nikes are $24.99. You know what I mean? I, I still haven't bought them yet, but you asked me what was the first thing to come to my mind. It was that commercial by Nike that told a story of, of Tiger Woods chipping it in. And then subconsciously, they, you know, it's not, you don't think about Reebok. You don't think about um, the other competition. I don't know. A to yeah. D under it was like Nike's the best. Nike's the champion, and and so that's the champion. That's what you feel good about. Oh yeah, you feel good buying it. Yeah, and the truth yeah. of the matter is, they're probably all the same material. You know, or similar material. It's just they they told the story and they marketed. They persuaded me. See, that's it. Um, you bring up a good point. But by the way, I want to just comment that when you were telling the story, I never saw that commercial. I didn't know that story. You I'm, I'm not I'm not a golf fan at all. But when you were telling that story. I could visualize all that in my head. I could see that that ball rolling really close and just hanging on the lip and then dropping. I could visualize the yeah. whole thing because of the way you told the story. I was hanging on every word and I'm not even a golf fan. Uh, but uh, the last point that you made that uh, you were looking at, at the other brands and the, the only one that really mot- you were motivated to consider was Nike because of that good feeling. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the thing is that we are motivated to buy if if we think that will move us closer to our idealized self. Wow. Who we really want to be. We don't really even always are conscious of what that is. And it's different for different people. But um, the lawn care service and the landscaping can factor in all kinds of different ways with different people for them to be 
an idealized version of the self. And that was like we were talking about. It might be convenience and might be prestige and in their neighborhood, you know, all, I can't think of all the factors mm-hmm. you've encountered them with your customers and, and that's uh, some idealized vision. And when they see a chance of making an incremental step towards that idealized step with your product or service, you'll invoke an emotion. And you'll remember it, like in the case of that commercial, when later on you're going to be buying something similar. So it's, it's really in the mind. And um, I think I told this story one time on your show. I love telling the story, so I'm going to tell it again. And that is I went to the Coca-Cola Museum for the first time many years ago, downtown Atlanta. And the first thing at the end of the show, uh, the museum, you walk through and see artifacts and paraphernalia of Coke ads and stuff. And at the end, they have all the different drinks that they make in all the different countries and you get to taste them. And some of them taste terrible. Yeah, they, I've, I've done that tour before. I know exactly what you're talking and, about. And, and some of them, and they love that taste in that country. And, and I couldn't even sip it more than a sip. Mm. Um, and that was interesting. But the first thing you go into is the theater. And you see on the big screen, this amazing v- film about Coca-Cola around the world. And you see the Coca-Cola truck driving down the dirt road in Africa and, and in some jungle path in, in Asia. And, and the little kids coming out there to drink a Coca-Cola and the, and the natives smiling and waving. Oh, it's the Coca-Cola truck. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just all the life experiences with Coca-Cola around the world. And then and then by the end of the movie, I literally was in tears crying. Oh, wow. <laughs> had so emotion. It's just a Coca-Cola. And I said, my heart was. Oh, moving. man. You really teared up, huh? I did. I said, oh, my gosh. Oh, Coca-Cola man. is wonderful. You know, uh, Pastor O shared an example of that. He, a Publix commercial got him. He's up in the bed with his wife, you know, watching a movie and. Publix yeah. commercial came on and he starts tearing up and his wife's like, what the heck? It's a, it's a Publix. Publix is our grocery store down here in Atlanta. They had right. a moving commercial and it, it teared them up. Well, that, that is, that was a metaphor for what we're talking about because what's, what the Coca-Cola museum is, is mostly all in the middle. The big section is in the middle. You walk through the, all these paths and and see all these coca-cola ads Mm -hmm. from the 1920s all the way to today and some of them you remember those messages as a kid but it's all marketing messages is the coca-cola museum Mm -hmm. but you don't even get to see the messages until they grab your heart in that theater at the very beginning wow that's so good and then and then they do the product demonstration at the very end. That's the logic part. Wow. Okay, let me taste this stuff and see if I like it. Mm-hmm. I feel good about it. Let me taste it. And then you taste it at the end of the museum, which is uh, you put your little cup up there. Oh, yeah. I've, I've done the tour. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's, it, cool. it's exactly the metaphor for how you engage someone with your marketing message, whether it's on TV or just talking face to face on the te- or on the telephone. Oh, so, man. so that's basically it. If I had to sum it up, Paul, I'd say that I wrote these things down here. Uh, customers are no longer your targets, but humans to be served because mm. you're trying to help them emotionally get to where they want to be. If you can, if you can give them that hope in and out emotion, they'll listen to you. And, and hopefully uh, w- as you serve them with your product or service, you'll get them closer to what they want. And it's no longer a game, but a service. You're you're trying to engage them emotionally so they'll listen to something that will really help them if they'll listen. 
And so you got to engage their emotion first. And then um, the, the other way to look at it, I wrote one more thing down that I thought was good to mention is you're no longer focusing on your products or service when you give your message. You're really focusing on the experience. The experience that they'll have that will, will resonate with them emotionally because it moves them closer to what they want and what they're looking for. Well, this has been very, very, very insightful, Dr. Frank. This is one of those episodes you kind of got to go back and listen to again and, and just try to digest everything and uh, obviously take it into our businesses and, you know, make more sales and, and be uh, mindful, like you said, of the empathy. And uh, did I say that word right? Yeah. Empathy and, and, and putting ourselves in our customer's shoes and, and selling from that place. So uh, this has been very, very good, Dr. Frank. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, it's always fun talking with you, Paul. Oh yeah, I got we, we once we get our stories going, um, you know, we, we we get we get to going. But I have a hard stop here. I got a another interview lined up, so we'll uh, keep these Fridays with Frank uh, going on, guys. And if you want to learn more about marketing, Doctor Frank, like you guys, for those of you watching on YouTube, he's got a whole bunch of books behind him, <laughs> and uh, he loves research. He loves learning from the top minds. I know you turned me on to Dan Kennedy, Dr. Frank, and I recently went on my summer podcasting tour. So I was listening to Dan Kennedy audiobooks as I'm driving from uh, Mississippi to Arkansas to Tennessee. I'm just, you know, geeking he's out. One of many. He goes way back, but he's one of many. Oh yeah. Well, but what I'm trying to say is you've studied Dan Kennedy's best and so many other, um, you know, the brightest minds on marketing. And so what we did is we shared those ideas of how to get customers. And we also focused on then, once you get a customer, how do you upsell and cross sell to them? How do you keep them as a customer? How, how do you, uh, you know, that lifetime value of the customer, how do you maximize that? And so we broke this down into a e-training program called how to get and how to keep customers. And it's available at our resource center at the green industry podcast.com. And I was getting mad at you, Dr. Frank, as we're recording it. Cause I was like, why didn't you tell me this? We've been friends for all these years. Why didn't you tell me this information sooner? Uh, because it was even just you sharing this information was transformational to me. Just like a little nugget today about um, empathy. And, and, I, and you just said it, I, I, I didn't write it down about um, serving our customers, but yeah, it's loaded with that for hours and hours and hours of teaching of Dr. Frank. So if you want to go next level in your marketing strategies and as you um, plan to grow your business, check out how to get and how to keep customers with Dr. Frank and I at the Resource Center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Well, thank you for your time, Dr. Frank. Always a pleasure, Paul. All right. See you. Bye. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.